In Colorado, you can legally gamble in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, and licensed online sports betting. Protect our communities. Learn more at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the Hub Day edition of the Yard, we're going to change it up today, do a little bit of a mailbag show, do these uh, once or twice a year. Uh, I have uh, put a thread up on jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Also uh, put it out on Facebook, so we will uh, answer your questions about Mississippi State, about sports, about music, about hair care tips. Uh, We're not going to do a top ten list today. We're just going to answer your questions. We're going to kind of have an informal thing today. You know, it's it's always good, and we can kind of change it up a little bit. So... Uh, for those of you that fast forward through the top ten list, we'll save you some uh, keystrokes today. You won't have to do that. You don't. I have some people that say, Steve, I'm just not a music guy. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's fine. You know, I'm not a deer hunting guy, right? So we all have our interests. What's life without a little whimsy? And so, uh, so yeah, we've got uh, some official visitors. Let's go ahead and knock that out right now. As of right now, uh, we're expecting six official visitors this week. Most of those will begin their visits today. There'll be a couple that'll uh, go into the weekend. We do expect perhaps the visit list to change for this weekend. So let's knock that out right now. You know, Cam Ball, tight end out of uh, Buffalo, already signed his SEC financial aid agreement with Mississippi State. He is visiting Mississippi State today. The uh, younger brother of Justin Ball from Vanderbilt who's also headed to Starkville. So, uh, you know, the Ball brothers uh, headed to Mississippi State. Hopefully they can become the Bash brothers. Uh, Texas Tech offensive lineman Jacoby Jackson also expected to visit uh, this week. This is a guy, too, that the state's been on for a while. I kind of teased this on the show uh, right around the December signing date and said, hey, don't be surprised to see a Big 12 lineman uh, be in contention with Mississippi State. Well, there he is, Jacoby Jackson, Texas Tech, uh, shared that on the jeanspage.com message boards a few days ago, uh, maybe last week. Uh, Wilkie Denod out of uh, Auburn, defensive lineman there. He is also uh, expected to visit Mississippi State today. Those visits will run the third through the fifth. And then, of course, as soon as those handful of guys get off campus, you'll have a handful more come in. Don't expect a big group. As I said, right now it's, uh, it's six. Linebacker Stone Blanton. Headed to Starkville today, and uh, I'm a huge Stone Blanton fan. I was disappointed when he didn't choose Mississippi State the first time. Shane Beamer beat us, uh, but maybe we get him now in the prime of his career, and with State's needs at linebacker, it makes good sense for Stone Blanton to be a part of this. I think Stone would be a great addition to this class and great addition to this football program. Uh, Again, I'm a huge Stone Blanton fan. He had a big game against us. He did. Uh, Brylon Lanier, Mississippi State's most recent commitment, spoke to him yesterday, full story up at jeanspage.com. 
Uh, Brywin's a guy that always planned to announce his decision on January the 1st. Now, he has not signed, but he is expected to enroll on January 14th. Classes begin on the 16th. Uh, the next week is the drop-add date, which is the last official date that you can um, add transfer guys for the spring. There is some wiggle room with that. You know, we saw that with Jalen Green. Drop-add date came and went. We are able to get him in. You just need a little work there, a little – a little cooperation there from the registrar. And then Jaden Vosen, a uh, safety prospect from South Alabama, also expected to visit Mississippi State. But that's six visitors now. We do, again, expect a little ebb and flow with the weekend, so you may have a late addition or two. Every weekend we've had official visitors this cycle, we've gone into it, and there's been some changes at the very end. One change we can confirm today is Hershey McLaurin former West Virginia and Jones County and Collins High School safety, tells me this morning he is not going to visit Mississippi State. It sounds like it was a, uh, a staff decision after speaking to him. We wish him the best. Of course, he's the first cousin of Bulldog great Mark McLaurin. So we were uh, hopeful there, obviously, of State Push. We really thought we could, uh, we could get him. And uh, Cameron Smith, former defensive back at the University of Memphis, we confirmed a few days ago, he also – was scheduled to come in this weekend. That has changed. It makes me feel like maybe we feel like, hey, we're going to get Vosen. And uh, he was uh, set to visit Florida. That's changed. So there you are right now. That's where things stand with your official visitors. Uh, we do have phone numbers on everybody, and uh, we hope to have some reaction from them. But more importantly, you know, it's not just about us getting some print, getting some clicks. We're hoping Mississippi State gets some football players, right? And um, – we still got to get an edge. I mean, even if you get Wilkie Denod, we've got to be able to go out and get an edge somewhere. And uh, state still mining the portal. And uh, the portal is now officially closed for everybody that didn't play in the playoffs. So the guys in the playoffs uh, still have five days, I guess, technically. Yeah, I guess it's still five days. Last day being the – yesterday was the last day for everybody else. And then five more days. And you saw yesterday, surprise announcement, Jalen Milrow transferring from the University of Alabama. I don't think State will be involved with him, but I do think you're going to see some players that played over the weekend uh, go into the portal. Uh, I think that's pretty much established. Anybody had a bowl game, New Year's Day bowl game, they still got a little time here. But everybody else, the portal is now closed. Uh, we did hear earlier this morning that Jonathan Davis, not of Corn, but formerly of Lawrence County in Mississippi State, uh, was inquiring about entering the portal late yesterday. So you could have one late defection. Not to say that uh, he may not like to withdraw at some point, but uh, don't be surprised if you see that. We're out here breaking news this morning over jeanspage.com, uh, doing the best we can, and wanted to get on the mic with you guys and just kind of share that with you, but, of course, answer some questions. We don't do this very often. We don't. And it's usually pretty good, but sometimes it's, uh, you know, Sometimes we get some silliness, but uh, I, I try to be a good sport about all that stuff, too. So uh, with that, let's get into our, uh, our first commercial break here. It's Bulldog Burger Company. Listen, here's the deal, man. If you are looking for a great place to break bread with friends, family, business colleagues, uh, complete strangers, I don't know your needs. There's no better place to go dine than Bulldog Burger Company. When you put your feet under their table... You know exactly what you're going to get. It's great food at a great price with great service and a great atmosphere. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark, Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. It's all 
Excellent. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. I'm an advocate for dessert to go. Absolutely. Whether it be the chocolate shake, the Nutella shake, they have those special shakes. Maybe you get that bread pudding, bring it home, put it in the fridge a little bit later. You eat a palate cleanser. Uh, you pull that bad boy out. You heat it up. And you go into bed with a smile on your face. Absolutely. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, first question. We'll bounce back and forth between Gene's page and, uh, and Facebook. So Sand Dog on Gene's page, uh, who is always a ray of sunshine, over on Gene's page. Is there a hair band, if I listen to enough, will cause my locks to grow back so I can enjoy sports more? I don't know why you need good hair to enjoy sports. You know, and most of the guys in hair bands these days are uh, either using in extensions or wigs or whatever. A lot of those guys have lost their hair, you know. And so, uh, I don't know, maybe not a hair band. Maybe listen to corn. Listen to corn. Probably not more hair in the world than with the band Corn. Of course, Ray the drummer doesn't have dreads, but everybody else does. And, uh, yeah, those guys are from California. I don't know if they're big into sports or not. But I think that you would uh, serve yourself well from listening to Corn. I'm a big Corn fan. I'm a big uh, Brian Head Welch fan. Uh, I'll share with you something else about Corn, too. The uh, a little more personal stuff here. When I get down and depressed, and how that happens, right? I'm a human. Things happen. There, there's a video from the I Am Second group with Brian Head Welch that I've always found to be very, very inspirational. And uh, Brian, of course, is a guy that's in recovery. He's a guy that's now a man of faith. And uh, he talks about his journey. And he's very open and candid and transparent about it. And uh, I try to be the same way. I've always tried to be honest about when I'm struggling, you know, and that's one of the things that I have learned about life. It doesn't matter if, you, if it's addiction or depression, because uh, at some point we all deal with the ups and downs of life. Sometimes you need a resource or you need something to kind of listen to or watch that kind of brings you back up. And um, and for me, that video, I've probably watched it, you know, 500 times in my lifetime. Uh, and so if you are a person that maybe needs some... Uh, inspiration. I'm encouraged you to go watch the video for I Am Second, Brian Head Welch. You can find it on YouTube. All right, sticking with Gene's page, Fire Bill says, the latest on Stone Blanton. Well, Stone Blanton, of course, officially visiting Mississippi State. We expect good news. Now, I, I was told last week from some people, let's say connected to this, not on a Mississippi State campus. Let's go ahead and clarify that. But some people that... Uh, that shared with me that he was going to South Carolina. Those same people are now saying they expect him to go to Mississippi State. Now, we hope that's the case. As I mentioned earlier uh, in the first segment of the show, I think Stone Blanton can, can help us tremendously. I think at the end of the day, Stone needed to be here anyway. You know, but, um, yeah, I, I'm expecting good news. Not sure when that happens. You know, the visit will take place the 3rd through the 5th, so maybe we find out something uh, later this week. But I do expect good news there. The second question that Bill has is uh, Burnside, and that's uh, Stonka Burnside. Stonka Burnside will announce his decision this evening at the Under Armour All-American game. It's going to decide between State and Ole Miss. I think he would be a surprise if he went to Ole Miss. Uh, I've been expecting him to rejoin the fold basically since the day that he decommitted. I just never thought that he would go anywhere other than Mississippi State. But, you know, we've been surprised before, right? It wouldn't be recruiting. If anybody that bats a thousand uh, should probably get to work, um, you know, working for a college staff somewhere. 
You know, things change, and especially in the NIL era. It used to be you know, that, hey, guys picked your school because they liked your school and they liked their opportunities there. They had a great relationship with your staff. And Stocka has all those things in Mississippi State. But there are some other players out there, not Stocka Burnside. I'm not talking about him. There are a lot of people out there now just going to the highest bidder. There's always been some of that. But now it's been, you know, it's legalized in many respects. And so you may build a great relationship with a young man or a young lady. You may build a great relationship with the family. It may be an absolute love connection. You may have exactly what they're looking for academically and athletically. And then all of a sudden you get to the end and somebody shows up and says, hey, we'll give you $50,000 if you come here. And for a lot of people, that's difficult to turn down. There are a lot of suckers for the quick reward, as Metallica's James Hetfield taught us years ago. There are a lot of people out there and say, but Steve, you know, hey, if you guys are only offering tuition books and a little minimal NIL stipend, you know, hey, th- these people want them more, they got to go there. And some people, that, that's exactly what they decide, decide to do. But it's a much different game than it was even five years ago. Because now what you have is uh, players that will – you know, they'll go in, and maybe they're G5 guys, and then they put together a couple of good years, and then they decide, hey, I'm going to go get in the portal because I want to go play in the SEC, and it becomes a bidding war. So that your relationships that you build are out the door for some people. There are some people, because not everybody's looking for a handout in life. There are some people that say, you know what, no, I'm, I'm going to go to this school because that's what fits me best culturally, academically, and athletically. I'll make my own money. And one of the things that I've always thought about with all this, too, is when you have that guy that maybe holds your feet to the fire in the final days of the recruiting process and gets as much money as he possibly can, can you trust that guy? Can you? Because he's already proven his word's not worth a whole lot. When it's fourth and goal in the one in Tuscaloosa, do you want the play going to that guy's side? I don't. I don't. And then what happens the next time that he gets some hard coaching? What happens then? What happens when he goes through the spring and he gets demoted to second team? What's he going to do? Go threaten to get in the portal again? He already knows you'll pay him. So then what happens? And then all of a sudden they're talking about this unlimited transfer thing, which would be an absolute nightmare for college athletics. I mean, how do you go buy your kid a jersey? I mean, you're almost better off just kind of go get, go get an Eric Moles jersey or a Wayne Madkin jersey or bring that one you had in college out of, the, out of storage and give it to your kid. And I don't know that the university shouldn't go out and, and do that anyway. Let's just go do some classic jerseys and let people buy those because a lot of people are pushing this NIL branding. Hey, go buy my jersey. Well, you know, next year, do I have to go buy another one next year because you've transferred? You know, there's a lot to this. It's very, very complicated. I know we chased a rabbit trail there, but the world of recruiting is changing and not in, a, not in a positive way, not for college athletics. There's some people out there, some individuals that are profiting from that. But at the end of the day, we got to tread water to do the best we can. One dog says, what does a 2025 class look like? Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. 
fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. in Mississippi, and have you heard anything about how Lubby's doing with them? Talked about that recently on the show. Right, Caleb Cunningham, considered a Bulldog lean now. Top player in the state of Mississippi. Tyler Lockhart, an absolute monster out of Winona as a linebacker. A Bulldog lean. Uh, I think State's going to do really well in State, but of course it's one of those things too. There's always the, you know, the qualifier. You, know, you may ask some guys you build relationships with. Things work out great. Uh, they fit here. We fit with them. And then somebody shows up late. It, it's difficult to really forecast a lot of this stuff right now. But, yeah, State appears to be in good shape right now. And, uh, you know, high school recruiting, I, I think, is still the way to go. But, you know, there were years ago when this thing first started, I said, you know, I don't know if this thing is sustainable just always going and getting guys out of the portal. I think you almost have to go 50-50 now, right? Because, you know, your hit rate on these uh, portal guys at Mississippi State, for the most part, it's not been very good. But if you look at the guys that are kind of 
been the nucleus of your program. It's been high school guys that have come in and then they've become a part of our program and we've been able to retain them. There's a few guys every now and again to get in the portal. We don't have near as many this year as we did last year. Of course, last year your quarterback room pretty much emptied out uh, after the passing of Mike Leach. But, um, yeah, we're, it appears to be so far that I think the 2025 class is going to have some true headliners in it. I don't know that this year did. And you say, but Steve, now honestly, there's there's not a Jeffrey Simmons in this class. There's not a Chris Jones in this class. Not an A.J. Brown in this class. Not a D.K. Metcalf in this class, in my estimation. I think there's some really good players. I think there's going to be some really good college players. But as far as guys you look at and say, that guy's a surefire NFL guy, I don't know that I would make that, that qualification on this class. Just my personal opinion. I think there's some really good college players that may develop into NFL prospects. But I don't think there's anybody you look at right now and say that guy's absolutely going to play for a pro football franchise at some point in his life. That's just how I feel. Uh, Rob Z. Meister, a guitarist, a Jeans Page message board aficionado, says, I need to know who your super group would be. I need names for singer, bass, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, and drums. Era doesn't matter. It'd be interesting to see your mix eras together, honestly. And then I need you to give a band name. Well, you're asking an awful lot here, Rob. And so if I think about, okay, Robert Plant is the best rock singer of my lifetime, in my estimation. Now, when you flash forward a little bit, you know, to my high school era, I think Sebastian Bach is the Robert Plant of of maybe my high school years. I don't know many people that have the same grit and the same range that he does. And so, all time, I'm going to have to put Robert Plant. But based on, like, the music that I would write, I'm going Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. That's who I'm going to put, okay? Uh, Dave, I, I could also give a shout-out to David Coverdale, who I think who is one of the best blues singers of all time. I love David Coverdale. Now, of course, in his prime... I might go with Coverdale. Uh, Dave, of course, in his 70s now, can't hit the big notes. That's one of the things I get so frustrated about with these people on Facebook. They get out there and they talk all this trash about, hey, Stephen Pierce, he can't hit the big note. Yeah, you, really? Yeah, he's in his 60s now. It's not like when he was in his mid-20s at the Whiskey A Go-Go on the Hollywood Strip. Things have changed. I'm very happy that bands like Dokken are still putting out music and Don's released his final album. You know, Stephen Piercy is still out there. Motley, of course, has got new music coming out. And here's the thing. If you don't like it, don't listen. But you don't get to take your ball and go home and yell out the window at everybody else. Say, stop playing. Stop having fun. Stupid, man. All right, bass player. You know, I'm going to go Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. That's an easy pick for me. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of people that are very entertaining. Nikki Six, a great performer, great entertainer, great lyricist. I don't know that I would say Nikki's a great bass player. He's a really good bass player, but I don't know that he's great. But Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, to me, he is the standard. Not just for this generation, but probably every generation. I think he is the best rock bass player of all time. Rhythm guitar player. I mean, we can go a lot of directions here. We really could. We could go Ron Wood. Could we not? You know, Keith, of course, is the riff meister. But uh, Ron Wood, an incredible guy. I don't know that he fits our band, though. I don't know that he does. Maybe. 
you know, I, I could make a case here for uh, you know, Brian Damage Forsyth from Kicks. Great rhythm player, but we're not. We're not going to do that. We're not. We're going to go. We're going to go with Izzy Stradlin from Guns N' Roses. That's the direction we're going to go. And yes, Izzy left the band. There was all this craziness. He's lost it. You know, and I, I even enjoy the Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds album. We're going to go Izzy Stradlin here. And so you would think I'm going to go with Slash right here. That's what you'd think. But I think that's too lazy. And I love Slash. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I could go a lot of different directions here. I could go Mark Tremonti from Alter Bridge, also of, of Creed. I know you, many of you will gather down in Brandon to see Creed. Be good to hear those songs again, right? I think Mark Tremonti is the best guitarist of this current generation. And I really don't think it's close. But based on the band that we've already put together, and even though I think it would be kind of an interesting marriage between this individual and Izzy Stradlin, we're going to go with Steve Vai. Steve Vai right here. Shout out to George Lynch, who I've met, who's a phenomenal guy. But we're going to go with Steve Vai here because I think Steve with a great rhythm section behind him and a vocalist like Sebastian Bach, I think could be um, incredible. On the drums, of course, you know, there's John Bonham, of course. You have to go that direction. You have to think about that. Um, and, of course, Tommy Lee, the great showman. Uh, Tommy, also a phenomenal drummer. Many of you are big Lars Ulrich fans. I think Lars is pretty good, too. But I'm going to go with Frankie. Um, that, you know, and we, again, I just throw Frankie out there, and people are like, but, you know, I'm going to change my mind about that. I'm not going to go with Frankie. I'm going to go with Charlie Benanti from Anthrax. That's what I'm going to go with. I think Charlie's got the range. He's out there playing drums uh, for Pantera right now for the reunion. So that's our band. Bach, Steve Harris, Izzy Stradlin, Steve Vibe, and Charlie Benanti, who was uh, involved with the lovely Carla Harvey from Butcher Babies. Got a big crush on her. Don't tell Dana. Um, but that's, uh, that's my band. And uh, let's see here. We got to go with a band name. I, I don't know. That's a tough one here. That's a really tough one. You know, I don't know. Dealer's Choice, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. We could come up with something more creative than that. You kind of got me flat-footed there, Rob, but I hope you enjoy the list. All right, sticking with a Gene Spade thing here, if you had to do a State of the Union address for Zach Selman, how would you rate year one? And what do you think his plans are for year two? And what do you think items of need additions are for years three and five? This is a very complex question. This will be our last question before we take our uh, our next break. So I, I would give Zach Selman a passing grade for year one. Uh, it's so difficult, too, to, to really enact change in year one. Uh, there are some things, too. You know, the, the, you know, there's always a little bit bump in the road, right? I mean, like when we had all that trash in Davis Wade Stadium before a ball game, that is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Now, I don't know whose responsibility that was, but at the end of the day, uh, it's a member of Zach Selman's staff. That, that's unacceptable. I think the, I think the coaching search was, was very well run. Uh, I think Zach did a great job, and I think Zach got a guy that's going to you know, bring some excitement. I think Zach made the right decision keeping Chris Simonis. I know that's not a popular uh, opinion, and that's okay too. I think Zach didn't cave to maybe the noise. 
And I think we've had some leaders in our history, at least certainly in my lifetime, that were a little bit too aware of the noise. But I think Zach said, you know what? I don't want to come in here in my first big action, be firing the only guy that's won an Eiffel championship at Mississippi State in major sport. You give that guy a little time. That guy's earned some grace. Now, we all know Chris got a win this year. But I think it was the right decision. I think ultimately Chris will prove that this year. Um, and, of course, you know, he inherited Christians and, and Sam Priscilla did, did, did well. But, uh, you know, we got the Humphrey uh, Coliseum renovation completed for the most part. There are a few things we're still working on. Uh, he kind of inherited that project, but there was some issues late, as you guys know. Uh, I do like the fact that we have uh, redirected some things when it comes to fundraising to try to help us on the NIL side. I like how he has embraced the Bulldog Initiative and has used Charlie Winfield as a uh, as a partner. You know, I think that's very important. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's tough to really judge and evaluate year one. I think we've done some good things. I think there are some things the jury's still out on. Uh, there are some people that I know that work in the athletic department that have kind of been rerouted in their responsibilities. And, you know, those are people that I like. But uh, I don't know Zach Selman's full vision, right? So you can't really always judge people by their actions without knowing their intentions. But I do know this. I do know that every time that I've been in a situation where I've been promoted or transferred or whatever into a leadership-type position, I always brought in people that I knew and trusted because I, I couldn't do everything. So you have to empower people around you that you have confidence in to kind of handle some things so you can focus on maybe some other issues. Uh, so, yeah, year one, I definitely give him a passing grade. You know, we're supposed to find out about facility upgrades uh, very, very soon. You know, we're working on uh, some rebranding type stuff. I think that's a big part of year two. I think the state script is going to be a much bigger part. Uh, I think we're going to de-emphasize the banner M. My thoughts on that have always been, maybe not always, but in recent years, I think that the banner M looks great on university letterhead. I think it looks great on a lapel pen. I think it looks great on a diploma. I think it looks great in all sorts of marketing stuff for the university. I don't think it works well as an athletics logo. That's just my opinion. You may feel differently. I don't think it's too blocky, right? I don't think it works well on a, on a jersey. Just my personal opinion. I think the state script works well, but, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of varying opinions about that. Seeing it on the football helmet this year, I don't know how. I don't know how great. I, I don't think it looked as great as I hoped, but I love seeing it on the 50-yard line. And uh, there's talk about it being on the side of the stadium. I think we are state, and we need to embrace being state. Does it make sense? We are state. Everybody in the SEC calls us state, and that's who we are and what we are. Now, long-term, you talk about needs for additions and things like that. You know, we've got to get this sound system thing figured out at Davis Wade Stadium. I'm told that's going to be done this year. Uh, there, we've got to finish up some things at the Humphrey Coliseum. And I'll be honest with you, I, and I'll just say it for what it is. The timing of everything on this renovation, coupled with COVID and then the rising price of, uh, of supplies out there, I think we're going to look back one year down the road and say, you know what, we probably should have waited a couple years and we could have done something even grander. Not to say that we didn't do a good job, but because of the rising cost of building materials at the time we began this thing, I don't know that it's as grand maybe as we, as we want it to be. That's just my personal opinion. Maybe you see it differently. I think we're going to look back maybe a, 
maybe a decade from now and said, you know what, we probably should have waited a couple years. But we didn't. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think we've got to continue to add some recruiting staff on the football side of things. I, I think – uh, you got to give Jeff Levy everything he needs to be successful because you got to take care of football because football takes care of everything else. I think there's also some things on the baseball side that we've got to we got to look at. You know, I, I don't know that we have enough off the field staffers. I think we need to budget some for that. Um, but my hope is maybe perhaps that uh, Zach Selman can be instrumental when it comes to change within IL. We've got to find a way to get our arms around this and get some sense of control because right now we're living in the wild, wild west. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Close with Blair. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is my friend, your friend, our friend in the mortgage industry. You could entrust your mortgage to a lot of different people, and that's your business. I'm not going to tell you your business, but I'm going to tell you if you want to do efficient business, you want to do great business, you need to stick with a winner, and that winner is Blair Chandler. 22 years of experience in the industry, top 1% close ratio in the country, back-to-back-to-back years. So if you're looking to buy a home, which many of you are, maybe the, the dream of home ownership has eluded you all these many years, and maybe it's because you were operating with the wrong loan officer, or maybe it just wasn't the right time for you. The best thing to do is get with Blair, get pre-qualified. Before we go pick out a house, let's get pre-qualified for what we can afford, make sure our debt-to-income ratio is in line with underwriting guidelines, and then let's go to work. And this is a guy that's doing it at a high level for a long time. Give Blair a text or call today at 601-500-2344, 601-500-2344. And you know what? Maybe if you're not ready, Blair can help you get ready. You know, maybe you're not in a position right now where you'd get approved. Maybe you need some seasoning. Maybe you need a year on the job. But he can also come up with a plan to kind of say, hey, listen, here's what we need to do to kind of get you pre-qualified for the home you want. Uh, there's, there's nobody better than Blair Chandler. Closewithblair.com. All right, back to your questions. Steve, did you ever play in a band and what instrument? I was thinking you did. Yes. Yes. So let's give you a little backstory here. All right, so um, I always wanted to be in bands. You know, I always had my um, my room covered with uh, posters from Hit Parade or Magazine or Cream or Guitar or whatever. I was uh, I used to play a lot. wasn't very good, but uh, every so often I've got an Ibanez with a uh, PV amp that I'll dig out, it's sitting right here behind me. I'll dig it out every once in a while and I'll just play along with some stuff just because I I, I feel that need. I wish I had those calluses I had when I was 17. Uh, my big break actually came on the dance music side of things because uh, your good friend and host can dance. I can still dance. I can still go, even at this advanced age. Uh, we, matter of fact, when we were in Columbus, Ohio, the night of National Signing Day, when it was all over with, I got up and danced by myself because my wife wanted me to do We had some friends there, and uh, she wanted me to dance, so I did. I got up there and danced. I'm not as fleet of foot as I used to be. And I'm also not as heavy on my feet as I used to be either. Of course, um, you know, when I checked into drug rehab, I weighed 146 pounds. I'm not that light on my feet. Uh, but, yeah, so I broke in with this band called Savello, And uh, you can find our big single on YouTube. It's uh, Savello's This Jam is Cold. And um, I was a stage dancer with them. If you've read uh, whenthebottomfalls.com, well, not the website, but the book itself, When the Bottom Falls, I detail some of that information in there. And um, 
And so to make a long story short, uh, Savello, of course, signed the deal with RCA. It was a five-record deal. Uh, recorded the first album of Bogalusa's studio in the country. And um, things were going good. Of course, the music got changed. We weren't quite as high, high energy on the record. It was a little more top 40-ish type stuff. And uh, Jam is Cold is actually one of those things. Kevin and I talked about this recently. Wrote that song in like 10 minutes. And it's not really in line with the rest of the catalog. And I think in many respects that may have hurt the album a little bit. It's like you you go you, you go for Jam is Cold and then you get some other songs that maybe don't fit that same genre. But um, so Randy Savello, who was our manager, he was uh, Tracy and Kevin's dad, said, hey, you know, uh, you know, we're going to need an opening band. And at the time we had a band called... Uh, they used to be called Reality, and then they were uh, Crush UK or Pencils and Crayons, and then they eventually became the Molly Ringwalds. And uh, they had fired their singer, Byron. And then our friends uh, in Pastel, out uh, of Lafayette, Louisiana, they became Kuiper's uh, backing band when Kuiper went on tour. And so we needed a new act, so I was putting a new act together in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And um, things are going good. And uh, I was fronting that group. I was singing for that band. And uh, I got arrested. And I uh, went to drug rehab, went to the RID program. I got back out and uh, decided I couldn't do it, do it for a while. Didn't need to be around that element. And then uh, eventually put together a rock outfit and um, had a guy named Eric Carter, amazing guitar player. Uh, my friend Clay Pittman played for us for a while. Billy Davis was our bass player. And uh, Shelby Stogner on drums, and we had some things going. We were basically working on covers and working on a couple of originals and things like that. And just when things were kind of starting to come together for us, and we were going to start uh, you know, playing as support, like Tal's Dart Bar in Hattiesburg and places like that, we were just looking to be local support just to kind of get our chops up. And one day, Eric and I went to our, um, our studio, our studio. We had a storage facility, like a lot of bands do. And uh, we go to open up, and uh, our lock has been cut, and most of our gear has been stolen. And so I thought at that very moment, I thought, you know what, maybe this just isn't what God intended for me. You know, because you know, the first major band I was in sent me to drug rehab, and then now all of our stuff's gotten stolen. And so I just felt like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do it. And we, we were a rock outfit. You know, we were playing like Mother Love Bone and uh, playing some Metallica, too. You know, we had a very diverse uh, list there. But... Um, yeah, so I've been in bands, and uh, I still write songs. Matter of fact, I got a couple songs that I wrote for a friend of mine's solo album that uh, former singer of a band that you guys know, and I don't know that, that album's going to get recorded. I don't know what's happening with that, but I have two songs I'm really proud of, and I, I may record them myself, and uh, you never know. I may, You never know. You know, if you come in one day and listen to Boneyard, and I'm just debuting a new single right here on the show. We'll just go record it, and we'll drop it right here on the show. And then maybe we'll put it on iTunes. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't sung seriously in years. Uh, I guess since I was on the praise team of church a long, long time ago. Um, so we'll see. You know, but they're, they're working miracles these days because I think just about anybody can get a record deal. But I would like to have something. Uh, I'd like me and my oldest son, Ani, I'd like for us to be able to collaborate on something. And, and to be able to have that. And for his mom to have that. And for his siblings to have that. Um, just so we have something, you know. So there you go. That's uh, that's your good friend and host's uh, musical history there. David H. Murray, uh, my friend, colleague, 
and uh, famous maroon scribe says, who makes the best aftermarket mags for a modern Mustang? Well, I got both of them. I don't have, I've got stock wheels on Ruby and I hate it. But opening a new business, I couldn't go out and tell Dana, hey, I'm finna go drop two grand on some new rims. Uh, but I've got, when I had the 05 Mustang that I restored and I absolutely loved that car, but it got to be, it was almost like having a, like a drug habit because every time I turned around, something was wrong with it and I have to put more and more money in it. But I put two sets of rims on that. I got them both from American Muscle. And uh, I can't remember the brand that I used, but uh, when I get ready to buy gear, I, I got my louver, I got all kind of stuff uh, for my Mustangs at AmericanMuscle.com. And uh, they have some really, really cool stuff. Uh, so if you're looking for that, a little free plug for those guys, because they've been great to me. I tell you, I, I've been times I've called them before and kind of told them my situation and I've been able to get a sale price or perhaps get something delivered a little quicker. Uh, customer service there is outstanding. All right, uh, CLCF. I, I don't. I don't know what's going on here. Why is it Ole Miss is able to get involved with and pull players off our roster, but it never seems to work the other way around? Well, the first thing that I'll tell you is like people think about Malik Heath. I'm a Malik Heath fan. I'm happy that he's been able to figure some things out. Malik Heath did not have the opportunity to return to Mississippi State, so he goes in a portal and he ends up at Ole Miss. It's not like they pulled him off the roster. And you recall when they attempted to do that with. Uh, you know, with uh, Fabian Lovett and uh, Jalen Jones, uh, you know, J-Dub, they tried that and ended up on probation with the league, you know. And so people are worried about the Percy Lewis thing. Well, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if he goes in the portal, and he did, his two finalists were Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And uh, so, uh, but, yeah, we don't really target their guys. And uh, I don't know that we really want to cast off from Ole Miss because if they're processing a guy out, if they can't play at Ole Miss, they're not going to be able to play at Mississippi State either, right? I, I just don't want any, anybody scratching dense stuff. But uh, I think part of this, too, is it's, it's an egomaniacal type situation with Ole Miss. I think they like to be able to think they can you know, push us or whatever. And I think they get a lot more credit than they deserve when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, uh, nah, you know, Mississippi State – I don't think we're in the in the in the uh, in the tampering business when it comes to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has proven they have they are they have done that. I don't know if they've done it under under uh, the last couple of years, but uh, you know we had that situation a couple of years ago. And of course, if you recall, too, Malik Heath couldn't enroll in January because of that very issue because they weren't allowed to take a transfer from Mississippi State until they were done serving their SEC probation. Something that we talked about on this show. And then people connected to Ole Miss said it wasn't true, that it was just Steve Robertson being over the top again. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, our friend Steve B.R., um, he goes, probably not a surprise to many, but we get dozens of academic transfers to us from Ole Miss every year. But they just get a handful to go the other way. Yeah, I think we're really just talking about it. athletics, though. Uh, so what about Shaz Preston? You know, Shaz Preston, of course, uh, the younger brother of Sean Preston. We had a really good chance or so we thought for a while to get in with him, and then his recruitment blew up. Uh, ultimately went to Alabama. He hadn't done much there. There was a lot of discussion earlier in this process that Shaz was going to go in the portal and Mississippi State uh, could be a, a potential destination. Now, I don't think that he is going to get maybe the attention that he got out of high school because he just hadn't done much in college. And we've signed so many receivers. Maybe you can take a chance on a guy like him. That's pretty significant. 
But if you ask me, I think you take a chance on him if he wants to come. I just don't know how much room we have left. But I won't be the least bit surprised if Shaz Preston ends up coming to Mississippi State. Very talented guy. Uh, YNWA dogs, and uh, I joked with him before on the board. Uh, you, I said, you say YNWA. I say why not NWA. He has uh, three questions for us here. Then we're going to flip over to Facebook. And uh, apparently I've gotten some DMs, some questions too. And your time covering recruiting, who was the prospect you were the most sure about that lived up to his hype? Well, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons or Chris Jones? I, I would say Jeffrey Simmons. Because I think Jeff was a better college player. There were times when Chris was here that uh, Chris would just kind of turn it on when he wanted to. But, um, yeah, Jeffrey Simmons to me – Absolutely everything we thought he would be, and then some. Number two, who was the prospect you were the most sure about that turned out to be a bust? That's a great question there. i got to think about that for a second. Um, I think i got to go Bob Hargrove here, Antonio Hargrove. I was just talking to Mike Nemitz about this yesterday. Uh, when Antonio Hargrove, I guess I wasn't covering recruiting then, but you know that class with Ray Ray Bivens and Antonio Hargrove, you know, Bivens – had some good moments here, but he was injured. Antonio Hargrove was a four-star kid that we thought was going to light things up. Did absolutely nothing here, ultimately transferred. Um, that's, that's a pretty – it's a pretty sad story in many respects. Um, but thinking about, you know, more modern times, that's, that's a really good question. Um, and I, I, it's probably one, you know, when I think about you know, defensive players, it's easy to get so caught up in all of that stuff. Right, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one guy that um, that surprised me. That was better than I expected. It was Braxton Hoyt. I thought Braxton would be a good player. Braxton Goyet, Hoyet was a really good player at Mississippi State. We got more than our scholarship money out of him. And I remember when he announced for Mississippi State how hype everybody was, and everybody's like, "He's such a great kid. He'll be a good locker room guy. Be a solid two deeper." Braxton was a dude here at Mississippi State. He was an absolute dude. Uh, who was the prospect you were most sure that we were signing that we did not? Well, it's not MJ Daniels. And uh, it's funny, people, you know, want to try to clown me about MJ Daniels on the other side. I said in the days leading up to MJ Daniels, uh, signing day announcement that we had very much room for concern and that he was likely going to go to Ole Miss. Now, other people were telling you, I'm not worried about MJ. I was worried about MJ because I knew more about what was going on with MJ. I knew ultimately it wasn't going to be his decision. And so, yeah, that's one. Um, but as far as like some guy, you know, I guess maybe uh, what was his name? James Henderson. It was uh, Malik Heath's teammate. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, you wake up on signing day and all of a sudden he's signed with Ole Miss. That was a surprise uh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, too, the uh, Ryan Perilou thing, that was a lot closer than people realize. A quarterback that went to LSU. That's when Krum first got here. That whole deal right there, man, um, we nearly got him. And uh, Paralu was telling Derek Pegues the night before signing day he was going to be a Bulldog. And, of course, uh, you know, crazy things happened during the dead period. And ultimately he signed with LSU. But that was really, really close. Now, I think Ryan Paralu may have benefited from being here than being in Baton Rouge. And that's nothing against Baton Rouge. I think he needed to be – maybe in a different element that there was a little more structure. I don't think that he would have uh, – I don't know that he would have behaved the same way 
with Sylvester Croom and Woody McCorvey and those guys. And I, who knows? It may have changed the, the trajectory of the program at the time. I'm not exactly sure, but I do know this. I know that Ryan Perillo was a guy that was ultra-talented. And the fact that we were even in the conversation the night before signing day with a Louisiana kid that LSU really wanted, that's pretty significant. Uh, but, yeah, that was one that didn't go our way that was probably a lot closer than people realize. I think it's pretty safe to say. I'll tell you another recent one, too. Tyrus Wheat out of Amy. I don't think people realize we nearly lost him to Baylor on signing day. I think I've mentioned that recently. You know, we're in there, the big uh, signing day extravaganza thing at Seal Complex, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of long faces, man. We're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and we finally get the call that Tyrus Wheat's going to be a Bulldog. That went all the way down to the last minute. It truly did. And, of course, he comes to Mississippi State has a really good career. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Great place to do business, folks. I firmly believe in shopping local, eating local, uh, doing all the business local when I can to support our Bulldog neighbors. Nobody has done a better job providing you guys with Mississippi State merchandise than Campus Bookmark. Next time you're in town, go by and see their smiling faces. If you can't make it to town, we encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web, courtesy of Al Gore's Internet at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR. That stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. You know as well as I do, some of the gift givers, as well-intentioned as they may have been, maybe came up a little bit short, treat yourself to some new Mississippi State merchandise today at campusbookmart.net. All right, we're going to switch over to Facebook. We'll go back to Gene's page. Uh, got a DM here. This is actually kind of sad. Wow. So I'm a little bit hesitant here to use the name. Just a little more of a serious question. Hey, Steve, my career is going nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Uh, I joined an organization, joined a three-man team, expecting some big things to happen in life. It really hasn't happened for me. And not only am I the third man in a three-man team, our team is a losing team. Do you have any advice? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, here's the thing that I think we have to have some self-awareness about. Not all of us are going to be champions. You know, maybe in, you know, a circle of friends, maybe you can be the most dominant friend. You know, a lot of people out there that surround themselves with, with losers so they can look like winners. That happens in life. Uh, but here's what I would say. You know, when they have the... Um, the Coke challenge many years ago, I know I'm dating myself. It was between Coke and – it was the Pepsi challenge, I guess. And, and Coke won that more times than not. They kind of made it look like that. But there are a lot of people out there that have RC talent. And the problem is they have RC talent and they want to pretend they're Coke and they're not even Pepsi. And so you've got a choice to make. You can accept just kind of being RC. A lot of people like RC. I mean, RC cola and a moon pie is a great, great snack. It is, but sometimes you got to accept the fact that I'm not going to be Coke, and you just got to be satisfied being RC. And you write it out, or I guess there's, or there's always, you know, like typing school, right? You could always do that. 
you know, because you can always get better at that. There are a lot of people out there, and uh, it's amazing on social media. There's so many things that people want to share on social media uh, to make themselves look better. You know, but let me ask you this. Why, do, why does anybody ever get into business? Why do you get into business? What's to make money? You get into business to make money, to support your family, to be able to pay your bills, to be able to take vacations, to be able to have nice things in life. And if you're not succeeding in that, maybe it's time to try a new business. You know, maybe it is. Maybe you don't get into business. Maybe, you know, you just have this employee mentality and... Um, you know, you just kind of say, you know what, I'm going to be the best employee I can. Not everybody's meant to be a leader. And I think there's some people out there that just need to be comfortable with that. I mean, instead of them tweeting out, you know, about other people, it's like they're a losing horse, and so they want to back another losing horse and then suggest that those guys are the winners. And that's just not how life works. You know, I think you got to have some self-awareness, sir. I think you got to say, you know what, hey, this is who I am. It's what I am. Don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, you can be RC. It's okay. But don't pretend you're Coke. Don't suggest other people are Coke, especially when they have food club talent. You know, that's important to understand, too. And so I, I wish you the best, dear sir. Uh, but sometimes being, you know, the, you know, the third man in a, th- in a three-man crew on an RC enterprise may be the best you can hope for. You know, maybe you should have done better in college. I don't know. Maybe you should have tried harder. You know, maybe just kind of accept who you are and what you are. And uh, there's some peace and happiness in all of that. All right, next question is uh, Joe Harris. Realistically, Steve, what can we expect from baseball this year? How would you rate our pitching? Great question. I think we're a postseason team. I don't don't think that we're going to host this year. I think the pitching in the SEC this year is going to be very, very robust. I think we're going to be improved pitching-wise. I think, uh, you know, Kyle Stevens is going to do a good job for us. Uh, I I like the pieces that we brought in. I think Justin Parker is doing a good job. But we're going to go as far as Justin Parker's group can take us. we got to figure out that bullpen. Got to define some roles. And, uh, you know, hey, everybody reports here soon, and we'll get ready for uh, spring practice. And then we'll see. But, yeah, I expect us to be in the postseason. I would say at this point probably a strong two seed on the road. And I think that's enough for us to bring them on us back. Uh, But that's what I think. I I think we're going to be better. I think we're going to be one of the better offensive teams in the country. Uh, But how good can we pitch? I think we're going to defend much better. And that, in, in turn, helps pitching. Wade Robinson says, uh, I've ridden Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney. Oh, he's asking me if I've, yes, I have ridden the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. It's one of my favorite rides of all time. And after 20 years, they removed Tyler doing the shocker sign. I didn't know about that. I don't know. But I I love the ride. I love going to Disney. Now that I have grandkids, uh, I look forward to taking them to Disney because I'm still young and able-bodied and I can get out and, uh, fight those lines and uh, the heat. I'm going to try to go when it's a little bit cooler uh, next time. If I ever leave Mississippi, it's going to be because of the summers. You'd think I'd be used to it by now. Will Everett said, Steve, if the baseball season started today, who's the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday guy? That's a great question. Who's Tuesday guy? Who's the closer? I don't know that we know, to be quite honest with you. I think Gerangelo will certainly be a weekend guy. I think Nate Dome 
could be a starter or the first guy of the bullpen. I think Cal Stevens probably your Sunday guy. I think Bradley Lofton will be in the mix. He could potentially be your midweek guy. I think, you know, again, last year he, he had some moments. Other times he struggled with control, but he's healthy again now. Who's the closer? Could be Stone Simmons. Could be. That's what the next couple weeks will figure out for us. I mean, we'll play baseball here in about six weeks. I'm excited. Uh, Damon Blackley says, where do you think we finish up in the recruiting rankings after it's all said and done? I think somewhere around 27, 28. I don't think we get top 25 without Daniel Hill. I think we'll be really close depending on some transfers. I think we'll be top 30. And I think when you consider the circumstances of which Jeff Labby and this crew had to work so quickly, I think that's a win for us. But we got to get a couple more difference makers out of the portal. Uh, in the secondary, I think if you get Stone – you get uh, uh, Jaden Voison, and you get an edge rusher. I, I think you've, you've put yourself in a pretty good position there. And also seeing how our new staff seemed to really take off in recruiting as compared to the previous staff, you've got to feel good about future recruiting. What are some key positions left to be filled, and what are some of those other big targets? Yeah, I think we've already answered that. Uh, I do think Zach Arnett and those guys did really well in the late spring, early summer when it came to recruiting. You know, one of the things that I go back to is, um, you know, like Dante Dowdell. Like, this is a kid that wanted to commit to us in the spring, and we wanted to make him wait to come to camp. Well, he commits to Oregon. Uh, you can think Justin Wiley, a kid that wanted to commit to us in the spring. We wanted him to come to camp. We should have just taken him. Now he's having a big career up in Minnesota. You know, so what I, I, I don't – evaluation is a big part of recruiting. It's not just, you know, the recruiting relationships. It's knowing when to make a move and when to take a commitment. And we blew both of those. And that's where I think this staff's got to do a better job. We've got to be ready. If we offer an in-state kid, we got to be ready to take him if he wants to commit. Because if you don't, then you're going to have a, a, a battle on your hands. There's no question about that. Uh, Javo McKinney, Jay, what upgrades, changes, modifications they make in the Davis Wave for the upcoming season? We already kind of touched on that. Uh, yeah, we do expect them to change some of the branding and uh, logo stuff on and around the stadium, and we do expect the um, sound system situation to be resolved there. Outside of that, we're still waiting to hear. We do have an interview request in to sit down with Zach Selman. Dave Murray's going to do that for us, and uh, we'll have you some information over at Gene's page. Ronald Barnes says, Steve, how is Labby going to address the defense in the portal, and do you see him doing what it takes to get difference makers? Yeah, some of those things we've kind of touched on. Yeah, difference makers is the, the key, right? I think we found some pieces. I don't know that we have a difference maker just yet. Uh, could Stone be a difference maker? I think potentially could. I think uh, Jaden Voison could be a difference maker. I really like uh, Brylon Lanier, though. And uh, the more I've learned about him, talking to some people that – uh, that are a, a lot more up-to-date with what went on at Scuba this year. Of course, they played for a national championship. And we've gotten the four best players, in many respects, we think, on the defense. Sean Shepard, of course, didn't necessarily fill up the box score. But uh, there's a lot of people that like him and think he has a chance to be a big-time player at Mississippi State. And we need him to be, for sure. But, uh, yeah, we've got to finish strong here in the portal. There's no question about that. Chris Smith. Uh, tell us about your love of Mustangs and how that developed. Well, here's the thing. I've always liked American muscle cars. And, um, you know, one thing that I told Dana when I bought the 05 Mustang, 
I ju- I've always wanted to have the cool car, right? I, you know, you know, for years and years and years, we were kind of a you know an SUV and a minivan family. And since kids could drive, and I didn't have to carry kids around as much, I wanted to have a sports car. That's what I wanted. And uh, just so happened to find that incredibly nice Mustang over in Alabama and bought it and uh, restored it. And uh, so when I got ready to buy another car, I wanted to get another Mustang. And uh, I didn't like the scat back models quite as much, but I have learned to live with it. And one of the things I love about having Ruby is all the amenities that I didn't have with the 05. You know, I like all the little buzzers and whistles and the great radio and that kind of stuff. That was important to me. Uh, feel free to comment on whether or not Camaro is the old Miss of pony cars. You know, I don't know. I like Camaros a lot better than I like Ole Miss. I mean, I think Ole Miss is probably a Yugo. Um, you know, they kind of brand it like it's something big. You know, it's like they, they drive Yugos during the week and they go get a rental car on the weekends, you know, so they can be seen. You know, maybe you go rent a Lamborghini, right, that kind of stuff. I look at him, look how cool he is, and then the rest of the week you see him with their horn rim glasses on, slick back hair, you know, riding a pottery barn or something. And there you go. I think that's probably a little better. Tommy Snyder, have you ever considered writing a book on the life of Ron Polk? I'm presently reading the book of, on Skip Bourbon. I really, I haven't, to be honest with you. And I think that may be a good idea. Uh, you know, maybe down the road, uh, once we get done the Duty Noble book, of course, we're, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much immersed in that right now, my research, and I'll start writing that very soon. Just trying to get through. My, my goal is to get through the portal recruiting season and then start writing the Duty Noble book. And uh, we hope to have that finished this spring, and then we'll work through editing and production and printing and hopefully have it out to you in August. That's the, that's the hope. That's the timeline right now. Uh, but I get a lot of people that ask me about that sort of stuff. I mean, people said, hey, you ought to write a book on, on Babe McCarthy. And, you know, I don't know that we can, to be honest with you. I guess if we're writing Duty Noble, we could do Babe. But uh, I think we need to probably string together some really good basketball seasons and that's one of the reasons that I'm not really writing a football book right now. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of interest in a Mississippi State football book. I think Duty Noble, of course, encompasses really Mississippi State in its totality. So it makes sense to write that. Uh, I'll also got a book that will, will be in the vein of Stark Villains and Alpha Dogs called State Greats. I've already got some interviews done for that. Got some other people lined up to be part of that project. Maybe that's next. And I'm also getting some nudges about writing a novel. They always say every great Mississippi writer has to have a novel. Um, the working title of that is Down Boys, just so you know. Uh, it's kind of about growing up in South Mississippi with some of my friends, and uh, there's some stories that I wish ended differently, so I'll take some liberties and change it. Uh, but uh, that's part of the deal, too. You know, there's always something. And I've had some other people connected to Mississippi State, former athletes that have reached out, uh, that have asked me about writing their books, and uh, maybe we get to that, maybe we don't. You know, of course, I'm not going to write those books for free. You know, I mean, I have to be paid up front in a project like that. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I think eventually maybe we do the Book of Polk. Um, of course, Coach, uh, you can go out and buy his, uh, you know, baseball playbook that uh, has sold tens of thousands of copies nationally. He always tries to give me some grief about that. Um, anyway, <laughs> Uh, Michael Wright, uh, out of the countless Mexican restaurants in Starkville, which is your favorite and why? I would say La Terraza. And I think I've eaten at all of them, uh, but I do like La Terraza. I get that La Terraza chimichanga special. Uh, it's a big hit with the wife, too. I like the atmosphere there. I don't feel crowded there. Uh, the service is good there. But uh, 
I think I've eaten at all of them. I think. I think. Uh, Aubrey Swenson says, "Is this new era of football, which is a smart, which is a smarter strategy? One, recruit almost exclusively through the portal, focusing on players who have proven it at the college level, even if at G five or limited action, uh, or saving nearly all nil money for a few years and then spending nearly all that to focus on an up one up cycle year. I don't think either one of those are a great philosophy, to be honest with you." The first thing that I'll say, there's a reason guys are in the portal. That's true. There's a reason they're in the portal. Either they want – they got their hands out, they want a bunch of money, or they haven't been able to play at their current institution. And you know, there's a lot of guys that are proven performers that go in the portal and think, hey, my pathway to the NFL is to get out of G5 and get to the Power 5. And that becomes very expensive. I don't know that you, we have the resources. I don't know that anybody does to c- continually do that. But as far as uh, gearing up for one year, I think sometimes you got to shoot your shot while you got it. And, uh, and you're basically referencing Ole Miss here. I don't blame them for going all in and say, you know what, hey, we had a 10-2 regular season. We won 11 games for the first time in school history. We got a chance to get a playoff next year, and you just never know what could happen. So we're going to push all our chips in the middle. I think that may be the right strategy in that situation for that team right now. Uh, but you got to think, too, you're, you're basically hoping if, if they win – then the money continues to flow. If they lose or you get disappointed, then people are going to be a little less reluctant to give in, in the future. And so you got to keep the juice flowing. So I understand why they're doing it, and I, I think it's perfectly fine to do that. Uh, if we were in that situation and we just needed a couple of pieces to get us over the Alabama hump, I would hope that we would do the same thing. Uh, Mike McCafferty, do you think there will be a true quarterback competition this spring and fall or is it Shapin's job unless he just underperforms in practice? Yes, I do think it'll be a true competition. I do think Shapin was brought in to be the starter. Uh, and so I think he's QB1 entering the spring, but I don't think that he's been given anything other than the QB1 designation the first day of spring. I think he has to work hard to keep it. Uh, Chris Parsons got a huge arm. Chris has learned a new offense, as is every other quarterback, so it's kind of a level playing field. Uh, but it'll be awfully interesting as we get into the spring. But uh, I do think Shapin was signed in hopes of him being the stopgap guy and kind of let, let the younger guys kind of learn, Michael Van Buren and those guys kind of learn uh, the process here. And then they'll be to their quarterback competition next year. But I, I, listen, I believe in adding competition every year. I think one of the mistakes that we maybe made, and I know it's difficult, you know, I, I think if we had brought in somebody to really compete with Will Rogers, I think that was a mistake that we didn't do that. I know it's difficult people because any any quarterback worth his salt is going to look at the numbers that Will's put up and say, there's no way I'm going there to be a backup. But even if you go get a guy from the G5, just somebody to come in here and uh, you create some competition, competition is good. And I don't think people should be threatened by competition. You don't think Michael Jordan was ever you know worried about the Bulls drafting somebody to take his job? Of course not. You're building around that, but you bring in competition. Uh, Ruth Lunsford, maybe too late or you've covered it already. What is your opinion on opting out? I'm not a fan at all of opting out, period. I'm not. It's like, well, you know, Steve, again, we, we touched on this earlier in the week. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to opt out for the bowl game. Well, it's, it's a meaningless bowl game. Guys, every game is meaningless. 
In the grand scheme of things, every game is meaningless. When you attach a financial component, it's a little bit different, right? Uh, I, I think that you, when you join a team, you continue to play for said team until the season is over. I think it's selfish to look at it otherwise. You say, but Steve, you don't have millions of dollars to consider. You're right, and, and most of them don't either. Most don't either. Well, I'm going to opt out and prepare for the draft and then sign an undrafted free agent deal and maybe make a practice squad somewhere. Well, you were going to do that anyway. I mean, quitting on your team won't change that. You know, how many of us as kids joined a peewee football team or a little league team or a YMCA basketball team and maybe you were one of the youngest kids on the team and you didn't get the playing time you wanted and practice was a little bit rougher because you're dealing with older kids that are more athletic and a little more developed and you went home and you're like, I want to quit. And your dad or your mom said, no, you're not going to quit. You're going to finish the year. And if you never want to play that again, you don't have to, but we're going to finish it. How many of us dealt with that? I would say nearly all of us dealt with that. Because when you make a commitment to a team, you honor that commitment. And yes, I know I'm an old school guy. I may not look like it, but I am. In my heart, that's what I believe. I believe you have to be committed. And if I was an NFL GM, and I got two players out there that are similarly situated in athletic ability, going to command about the same salary, I'm going to go with the guy that stuck it out. Brent Orr, have you had a chance to sit down with Levy for any time? And if so, thoughts on where we're going. Brent, I spoke to him after his introductory press conference. And uh, I didn't get a chance to do the uh, signing day press conference because we were in Ohio. But I hope to do that soon. We're going to let things calm down a little bit. And then, uh, you know, we'll sit down and, and visit. And um, yeah, But I'll tell you, I like what's happened so far. Now, this time last year, I liked what had happened with Zach Arnett. I just think Jeff is a lot better prepared for the job than Zach was. You know, Zach stepped up in our moment of need, and I'll always respect him for that. But we asked an awful lot of him, and um, I just don't think he was ready to lead the program, right? And that's not a criticism. That's just kind of the reality of the situation. But I think Lebby, because of the experience that he has uh, coaching on the Power Five level as a coordinator at multiple programs and having success everywhere he's been, I think gives him a head start. But again, I think our expectations this year need to be a little bit measured. If we get six and six, seven and five, I think we should be happy with that uh, just for this year. I, listen, I'm not a Liberty Bowl guy, right? Where, and nothing against the Liberty Bowl. We've got some great fans that are involved with that organization up there, some former players as well. But that should not be our aspiration. You know, a Tennessee Bowl game should be the floor for us. You know, we should always aspire to get into a Florida Bowl game or something even more significant. Uh, we should never just be happy just going to a bowl game. But I think this year, if we're able to do that in 2024, I think that's a win for us. I think it's a major win for us. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Go to Stark Vegas Clubhouse on Google. Just Google it. Make it easy for yourself. And you can see all the pictures on their Facebook page. It's a five-bedroom place. It's incredible. It's been completely renovated. If you're bringing a large group to town, if you're bringing a lot of people here for a work crew, or maybe you're working with the university and you need to be here for multiple nights, rather than go out and get five hotel rooms, just book the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Don't, don't overthink it. Make it easy. You're going to save yourself some money. 
and it's going to make it so much easier for everybody to just kind of convene under one roof. You'll have your own private quarters, but you can have some work areas, you can have some eat areas, you can have some TV areas, you can have that fire pit area, or maybe you're bringing your family to town. How cool would that be, right? Just stay here the whole weekend. Just show up, spend the whole weekend here. Uh, or, or maybe you're coming for, you know, hey, the men are playing one night, women playing the next. We're going to be here. We're going to enjoy our time here and uh, have grandma make those cinnamon rolls for breakfast and have all the grandkids and the kids under one roof. How cool would that be? When you Google, you're going to get the option to book through VRBO, Airbnb. But if you book through Evolve, we can save you 10%. Use promo code BSR10 to get 10% off your stay at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just five minutes away from the Mississippi State campus. What could be better than that? To have a nice place. It's quiet. It's spacious. And it's that close to campus. You just can't beat it at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Be sure and check it out today. All right, we're back at Gene's page over here, and we've had a few more questions. Uh, what are we doing in the transfer portal to help our, our D-line out? Well, yeah, that, that's to me, that's the biggest concern right now. As I mentioned earlier, we got Wilkie Denard coming in um, for a visit this week. He's more of an interior guy. We need an edge guy. Uh, so we're still out there kind of mining the portal, losing most of the production we had and adding practically nothing so far. What have you heard? I, I think this, this is a fair question. I think his assessment of the situation is honest and fair we've gotten some pieces we have not gotten difference makers now we're counting on calvin dinkins and trevion williams being dudes this year but those guys were hurt all year last year and very very little playing time from those guys so we have no proven production we've got to go out and find some guys now we feel like that we've gotten some pieces again that'll come in here and probably two deepers for us but uh yeah it's a concern i would venture to say right now you know, the secondary and the defensive line is the biggest concern we have. I think, with the, if, especially if we get Stone Blanton, I think the linebackers are going to be okay. Are they going to perform at the same level of Buki and Jet? Probably not. But I think we've got some athletes out there that can play. But, yeah, I'm not concerned about offensive line. Of course, you end up adding Jacoby Jackson. I think Cody Kennedy's done exceptionally well. Uh, but, yeah, DT needs to have some things go right for him down the stretch here for sure. Uh, Double Bogey 16 says, is GQ Spivey's appeal process still ongoing? That's interesting because, you know, we had the, um, the injunction about the two-time transfer thing, right? And so his transfer was denied, as foolish as it was, and now they're allowing those two-time transfer people to just go transfer. And so I need to do some digging on this, but I know Spivey is still in school. And um, I won't rule it out. Let's just say that. I, w- I won't rule it out. But I think it's important uh, to d- understand the rules continue to change. The fact that Spivey didn't get to play this year was ridiculous. But maybe him playing this year would be even better for us. Maybe. I know he's been hosting visitors uh, when uh, they've come to town. So that's a big part of it, too. JMC Dog, what in the world has happened to our defensive line recruiting? We just talked about that. Do we think we will sign a DL that's actually played meaningful snaps in college? Very frustrating at the time, especially hearing that one of our development DL has entered the portal. Uh, he's talking about Jonathan Davis. Yeah, it's, it is frustrating. It is. But uh, you know, Dave Turner, of course, has earned a lot of grace. And uh, I think when you look at last year, I, to be honest with you, I think the defensive line class in the state of Mississippi – this past year, is going to tend to be a little overrated. I think in the beginning, 
I was one of the first people putting the wheel on that wagon. What a great defensive line class it was. But as we learned more and we got deeper into the evaluation process, I think we got some really good players. I don't know that we got a lot of great ones. That said, I don't know that we got our allotment. Of course, I think Terrence Sibler, he and Cam Franklin, I think, are the best two. One plays interior, one's going to play on the edge. Cam Franklin, of course, going to Ole Miss. Hibbler coming to Mississippi State. Uh, but, yeah, we need a dude or two down the stretch here. I mean, if you get Denard, I still don't think that you're done there. I think you've got to go out and get uh, an edge. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, Kurt Seven, do you have any feelings for the grunge scene of the 90s with their tragedy tales? I, I enjoyed the grunge movement, but I'll tell you this. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it for long. Does it make sense? Uh, I, you know, I'm a big Allison Chains guy, big Soundgarden guy. I love Pearl Jam. But I think one of the reasons it faded as quickly as it did is there just wasn't a lot of diversity in it, right? The tuning was all very similar, and the songs were very similar. The stories were very similar. And I think at the end of the day, most people listen to music to be uplifted. That's the thing about, you know, you go out there now and like, you know, you know, Motley Crue and Def Leppard and those, those bands are selling out stadiums. It's because music was fun. It was fun. And I think it got bloated. And I think, you know, the record companies out there, oh, we've got to change things, we've got to change things, we've got to change things. Let's go do this. And I think, we're like, okay, well, this is cool, right? It's different. And then they pushed so much of that down our throats. It's like, oh, here's the next big band from Seattle. And it's like, well, can you slow down? So, yeah, I love Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, love Pearl Jam. Um, but, yeah, I understand why it had a short shelf life. And there's a lot of people today that will sell you this revisionist history. Uh, I was in the middle of all this stuff, right? Uh, you know, I was in college at the time, and so we were very, very in tune going to shows and things like that. But it's a much different dynamic. You know, people look back kind of a revisionist history about grunge. I, I do love grunge. And I still listen to grunge occasionally. Um, but I don't think the players were as good. You know what I'm saying? Like, the guitar players of the 80s play circles around the guys of the 90s. There really weren't a lot of great guitar players in the 90s, at least nothing new. And I think that's what happened. I think there were some people that said, oh, this all this flamboyance of the 80s, you know, I'm kind of getting stale with that. And so here we are. But basically, you had a bunch of rhythm guitar players uh, that's why solos went away. They couldn't do it. Andy Wood, love Andrew. Uh, I, I wear the, the hat for him. Uh, born from in Columbus, Mississippi. That's true. Kurt Cobain, Scott Wowen, uh, Jonathan uh, Melvoin, Lane Staley, Chris Cornell. I love their music, and you can hear their battles and Alice in Chains music. So passionate. Heroin seemed to be the main drug of choice, and it destroyed so many. Fast forward to opioids and others getting addicted to normal surgeries and battling suicide. So scary to have children in our world. I pray to be the best father to open my children's eyes to all the obstacles there. Kurt, we've talked about music. Let's talk about life a little bit. The thing that I have learned my entire uh, time as a father, I always was very honest with my kids about my struggles. When they got old enough to understand that, I told them, I said, hey, here's the deal. And there is some scientific suggestions that this is, uh, that you may have a genetic disposition for all that. You know, and so you need to understand that if you decide to pursue some of this stuff, you may not make it. And uh, I have been very open about it. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. 
I won't identify the child. I said I want to embarrass them. But I had one of my children on their 18th birthday get a uh, minor in possession charge. And uh, I didn't freak out about it. I was very honest with them about it. And uh, they had to go to court. And uh, their mother wanted me to go with them. And I refused to go. And everybody wanted me to go. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going. And they're like, but no, I really want you to be there. Well, I'm not going. If you want to go, you go. I'm not going. Because this particular child decided to make a decision that they knew was wrong. And I felt they should face those consequences alone. I also knew that a minor in possession was not going to be anything significant. First-time offender, you're going to pay a fine, maybe get some probation, do some community service. That's exactly what happened. They get down to court. They didn't have to go and appear in court. As soon as they signed in, they took them to this diversion program. I knew that was going to happen. But I also knew that all the days leading up to that court date were going to be absolute misery for them. Because number one, they had disappointed us. And number two, they were going to have to go face real-world consequences for their decisions. And every single day, somebody would say, I really wish you would go. And I would say, I am not going because the lesson learned in these next few days will be very important to them. And I'm happy to say we never had a repeat of that. And I think it's one of those situations, too, where everybody else in the family kind of learned, you know what, if I get in trouble here, daddy's not going to bail me out. It's one of the biggest problems that we have today, in my opinion, is we have parents that are afraid to instill consequences on their children because they're fearful of being disliked. That is not me. I am their father. I am not their friend. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of great things. But part of my job as a parent is to socialize my children for the world, to make sure that they understand that you go do stupid things, daddy's not going to come bail you out of it. Now, there have been some situations, of course, that I've used, you know, maybe my notoriety or times and used some connections to get things done for them but not to get them out of trouble. And thankfully, we hadn't had a lot of trouble. But I think one of the most important things that we do as parents is we don't just constantly protect our children from the world. We let them get exposed to it so they understand. I was one of those kids, man, I, I grew up so incredibly sheltered. And then when I got out in the world, I absolutely lost my mind. And I remember when Mia first enrolled at Mississippi State, my youngest daughter, got a text message in our fam chat. She goes, I would like to thank my parents for giving me some freedom when I was in high school so I didn't go to college and lose my mind like many of my peers. Because she got to go early. Of course, she was a presidential scholar. And there were a lot of kids up there that had never had any freedom. And in two weeks into this thing, they've already kind of run it off in a ditch. And so it's about trust, but it's also, too, about kind of preparing our kids for the storm. And they have to understand there are real-life consequences when you make stupid, stupid decisions. It is true. Is it true that David Murray was indeed in Ford's Theater and witnessed the assassination of President Lincoln? Uh, I don't think he was there. I do think he read the newspaper accounts. i tell you what's funny. Uh, I love Dave. Uh, Dave has been, in many respects, a hero of mine. Um, you know, when I was a, a much younger young man, I read uh, a dog's bite tabloid. Like, you all saw that stuff, right? 
And I said, I need to find out who this David Murray is. You mean you can just write about Mississippi State? I need to find out who this guy is and how he got this job. And I'm, I'm so honored that Dave works for us. And a friend of mine, I think we were getting the pictures together for Stark Villains. It may have been Alpha Dogs. We had a picture of like the, the stands, like 1914, something like that. And a friend of mine photoshopped Dave Murray into the crowd selling popcorn. I need to find that. All right, final two questions. Kurt Dog 178 how would the trajectory of the football program have been if Cam Newton, Jalen Hurts, Malik Neighbors had all signed to play at Mississippi State? Uh, I'd say pretty good. Yeah, Malik Neighbors, of course, uh, just set an LSU record. I mean, that's incredible to think about that. He was ours up until uh, signing day. Yeah, you don't get any points, you finish in second place. I spoke about Cam Newton just yesterday, uh, which is interesting. You know what's funny, too? Jalen Hurts tried to commit to Mississippi State uh, before he took his visit. Like, when he came for the campus visit, he did. True story. Uh, but Cam Newton, that whole thing, I honestly believe if Cam had been able to make the decision himself, that Cam Newton would have been a bulldog. I believe that. But uh, the business side of football in the pre-NIL area kind of prevented that. I think if Cam Newton comes here, I don't know that we win the NFL championship because I don't know if we had all the pieces. But I think we win the West and go to Atlanta that year. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, was kind of up and down at Alabama, but has had a good career in the National Football League. Malik Neighbors, I think, would have really thrived in the uh, air raid offense, but I don't know that he would have put up the same numbers he did at LSU. Uh, final question, what are early reports on Mississippi high school coaches' reaction to Levy and our new staff? R- really good from the guys I spoke to. And I think a lot of that, too, is because you've got some guys, including Levy, that's recruited Mississippi before. So you have some connections. So uh, I think one of the things, one, probably one of the most important things Jeff needs to do is the same thing Dan did, is you got to go to every Mississippi high school every year. You got to go in the spring and you got to go in the fall. You got to go because you never know when they're going to have a kid. You never know when they're going to have a guy transfer in. They're going to say, hey, coach, remember this? You know, we got this kid to transfer it in from New Orleans or whatever. Uh, need you to take a look at him. You have to have relationships because what happens is it's just like, kind of like when we're doing the coaching search stuff, right? There's a lot of people out there that have the information that I seek. But if you don't make yourself available, like if you don't reach out to people and say, hey, I'm working on this. If you hear anything, please let me know. They're never just going to wake up one day and says, hey, I heard something about Mississippi State. Let me call Steve Robertson and make sure that he knows. I've got some good friends, but most of your contacts, that's not how it works. You have to make yourself available. It's the same thing with recruiting high school players. You got to be on the ladder of awareness, man. You got to be going by there regularly and, and get those coaches thinking, you know what, we ever have a kid, I'm going to make sure Mississippi State knows about him. And the way you cultivate those relationships is you make the effort to build the relationships. You go by, you go see them in the spring, uh, you go by and uh, talk to the coaches. You, you share some messages with them and say, hey, we really like this kid, or have this kid call me, we offer him a scholarship. You can't do it from the couch. You know, it's just like being R.C. Cola, right? I mean, you can't, you can't expect to be Coke putting forth R.C. Cola effort. And all due respect to the Royal Crown Beverage Company, right? But you understand what I'm saying? It's just like the industry that we're in. You know, we can just re- be relying on sources, and chances are we're going to have some mistakes. Because sometimes we learn information before they do, right? And so you got to get out and go, you know, we covered the high school state championships this year. Got some information there. Covered Mississippi Alabama All-Star practice. Got some information there. 
Uh, Rian just went down and covered the, uh, the, the Magnolia State Senior Bowl thing. Some of those kids will be in junior college. And you know what? Two years from now or a year from now when they're, they're becoming signees and guys that are SEC programs are looking at, he's gonna rem- they're going to remember he went. He went and made their day special. You have to make the effort. You, you do. I mean, th- th- there's, a, there's a reason that Coke is what Coke is. And there's a reason we are what we are, is you make the effort to go get out and do these things. And and that's what I expect and demand of myself and others. You know, again, you could sit on the couch and do an average job. I had somebody recently tell me this, absolutely drive me crazy. They said, you know, it's just better, it's just more efficient if you just stay home and cover the game on TV and then listen to the press conference. Well, they they don't let you listen to the press conference in most sports. It's true, the SEC Network doesn't air every post game press conference. They certainly don't in baseball. They don't in basketball. Now, as we get a little bit deeper into things, you know, you'll get that opportunity. But there's nothing like being there. And you got to ask a question. I'm just going to sit there and be relying on everybody else's questions. What if, what if they all like questions they ask are stupid, you know? And so you got to get out and go, that's the job. That's the job. And, it, and if you just want to sit on the couch, then maybe go get sponsored by Lazy Boy and you can do that. But it's the same thing in recruiting. The teams that make the effort build the better relationships, and they tend to get the kids. Then you just got to fend off the NIL stuff at the end. But you get a kid committed, and you know, for the right reasons, more times than not, they'll stick with you when times get tough. It's important to understand that. So um, so that's where we are. Hey, this was fun today. Hope you guys enjoyed this, a little bit something different. Uh, we'll do it on occasion. But uh, there, there comes some times when uh, you guys have better questions and I have content. So... We want to give you guys a chance to get your questions answered. Thanks for every, thanks to everyone uh, that asked questions today. Uh, we do have one final one here. Oh, here, here's a couple more. A couple more uh, from Facebook. Uh, Carolyn Abadi from Book Martin Cafe. How do you think our dogs are going to do this fall with all of our new recruits and new coach? Again, I think a bowl game is probably the best we can expect. And Glenn Walker says, will kicks ever play again? That's the rock band kicks. Uh, I don't think so. I think Steve Whiteman and those guys are done. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, one of my favorite songs to them is Girl Money, if you don't know it. Let's do one more. One more, and then we're done. Tree and Dog says Marooned on an Island for Eternity. What one album do you bring along? Man, that is a great question. And I, I could go, I've been asked this many times. I've put some thought into it. Uh, one of my favorite albums is Lynch Mob, Wicked Sensation. If you've read When the Bottom Falls, you know. I think it's impeccable from start to finish. Uh, I think Shout at the Devil from Motley is amazing. Uh, of course, you could pick you know the standards, you know, Kiss Destroyer, Led Zeppelin IV, and all that kind of stuff. But you know the band, i tell you what I would go with. And it's an album that I still listen to regularly. And I need to listen to the, the second one a little more regularly. But it's the concept album from Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime. I could listen to that every single day. It is a work of art. It tells a wonderful story. And I think uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, you put it on. I I can't just listen to it like one song at a time. I have to listen to it from start to finish. So, yeah, if I was marooned on a desert island, it would be Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime. Of course, they they came back and they did the sequel to that. And uh, I don't like it as much. It is is interesting. Uh, But when I travel sometimes by myself, I'm cranking Operation Mindcrime. And uh, it's so funny, too. Like people, I've had people say, what's your favorite song on the album? It changes so much. 
like I, I love uh, speak, man. I, I love speak and uh, revolution calling. Uh, the mission, you know, my mission saved the world. There's so many great songs, lyrical content that uh, really do something for me. But if you like rock music and you like a concept album and you like an interesting story that the songs tell the story and there's little interludes between the song, I think Operation Mindcrime may be the most entertaining album of my lifetime. So there you go. If you hadn't done so, go to whenthebottomfalls.com. You get the new book there. All my sports titles are there as well. Stark Villains gear always available at StarkVillains.com. Uh, come be a part of our great group of Bulldog fans over jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Uh, some big things ahead. And one thing I'll tell you, too. I, I told you guys I got a little um, salty here recently about, uh, about graphics, right? Uh, I don't think anybody should play God with a kid's announcement, period. It's, we're going to empower the kids to make their own announcement. And uh, we have hired Nathan Purvis. You have seen some incredible Mississippi State graphics here in the last uh, week or so. Uh, Nathan Purvis is now uh, going to do the official graphics for us at Gene's Page. And uh, here's the deal, too. We don't care where a kid commits. We just want to give him a quality graphic, an outstanding graphic, and then he can tweet that out whenever he wants to and not have somebody with some recruiting network tell him, okay, here's when we're going to do it. No, 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 we're not, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And so we're making it available for free to kids in Mississippi and, of course, any kid that commits to Mississippi State. Um, you know, and they may, they may choose to use it, they may not. But we're going to give it to them for free and let them be empowered to make their own decision and announce their commitment when they're ready. Sometimes the schools make these graphics, but I would venture to say that the graphics we're making are probably better than anything else, anybody else putting out there. So I, I sent out the bat signal and said, hey, this is what I want to do. And I found Nathan Purvis. I've known Nathan for a while. And it's amazing. I had, I think, six people that said, Nathan is your guy. And uh, I was already kind of leaning that direction. I talked to a couple other people. I looked at other people's stuff. And I just felt that Nathan was far superior than everybody else. And uh, all due respect to everybody that applied, thank you for your interest in being a part of this. But uh, this isn't really so much about us as it is about people and about young men and women that are announcing their decisions. We want them to have something they can be proud of and not have somebody else out there try to orchestrate their commitment, period. That's it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus... 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.